for everybody. Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, plenty of news to discuss, but I would say the top piece of news is that the Hall of Fame voting has concluded, and we have three new Hall of Famers to celebrate. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer have been elected to the Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer as first ballot selections. And we have Todd Helton, who makes it into Cooperstown, sixth year on the ballot. So let's dive right into it. You know, leading up to the votes being finalized, this happens every year, but there are some writers who make their votes public. And based on that, people are able to extrapolate and see who's tracking to be elected this year because you need a 75% minimum. You need to get at least 75% of the votes. And early on, it was clear that Adrian Beltre was, you know, he was receiving high 90s, high 90s percentage. So he was a shoe in to make it on the first ballot. So, but with others, the other two, it wasn't as clear. Todd Helton ended up, so the final numbers were Adrian Beltre, 95.1%, Todd Helton, 79.7%, and Joe Maurer, 76.1%. And for someone who just missed it, Billy Wagner, seven, 73.8% of the ballot, just four votes shy of the 75% threshold. This was his ninth year on the ballot, which means next year will be his last. So Billy Wagner has a chance to make it. I think he's going to get in next year. Only needing four votes to get to get into Cooperstown. I think he's going to make it. But Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer will make it. Uh, you know, C. Maurer just gets in there. But hey, it doesn't matter if you, you sneak in or you're unanimous, you're still a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. So Adrian Beltre, we all know, I mean, I can't believe it's actually been five years since he retired because that's what you need. You need five years retired before you're eligible. And fan favorite, you know, just great, great player, obviously. He's an international signing of the Dodgers out of the DR. And he made his major league debut in 1998 when he was just 19 years old. It took him some time to realize his full potential. And, you know, that that's normal for someone coming up at 19, but he would go on to have an incredible career. So he eventually p- played parts of 21 seasons with the Dodgers, Mariners, Red Sox, and Rangers. And yeah, Beltre, 3,000 hit club, you know, 477 homers. He was considered an excellent third baseman. I mean, just, just a great player. I mean, such a fun player to watch all the way through. And he's one of those players who didn't really even he never fell off, really. I mean, he was productive right up until the end. I mean, even his final season in 2018, his age 39 season, he had a 99 OPS plus. Okay, that's like right at league average. But the year before that, he had age 38. He had a 132 OPS plus. And the year before that, 128. He was just consistent. He won a gold glove at age 37 at third base. So just super consistent all the way through. And yeah, I mean, Adrian Beltre, Hall of Fame inductee on the first ballot, 95% of the vote. Outstanding. Joe Maurer, one of the best catchers of a generation. I mean, when you look at the time frame which Joe Maurer played, so he's, first of all, he played for his hometown team. He was born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was drafted first overall by the Twins in 2001 and played his entire career for the Twins. So literally never left home, literally. And Made his debut in 2004, all the way through 2018. And injuries did reduce his playing time and eventually moved him from catch to first base, but he still managed to notch 2,123 hits and finish with a career batting average of 306. Of the seven batting titles that have been won by catchers, 
Joe Maurer has three of them. That included the 29th, sorry, 2009 season where he hit 365 and won AL MVP. So you think about that time, you know, early 2000, not, not early 2000s, like, you know, late 2000, like between basically like 2004, his career is 2004 to 2018, but like in the early 2010s, right? Early 2010s, there weren't that many good hitting catchers. I mean, he was really one of a kind. It was, it was like him. Carlos Ruiz, Jorge Posada, you know, there are a few guys like that who were great with the bat as catchers, but Maurer was, you know, top shelf right there in like the early 2010s right there, just with the bat. Yeah, that's always valuable. Now we have some, some catchers who can hit a lot better, but, you know, Maurer was obviously a class of his own. Todd Helton, for him, he spent his entire career with the Rockies. He was drafted eighth overall by them in 1995, made his major league debut in 1997, and he stuck with the Rockies through 2013. I mean, he was just a professional hitter. That's what I would always think when I would see Todd Helton play. I mean, this dude just raked. Obviously, he played at course field. Some people are going to call that out. But when you look at these, you know, park neutral statistics, career 133 OPS plus, I mean, this dude just raked. High average. That's what, that's what he was known for. Ended up finishing with career 316 batting average. There were years where this dude hit. I mean, his highest was the year 2000. He hit 372 to lead the league. He was only fifth in the MVP voting that year, but he had 372, led the league in batting average, OPS, RBIs. I mean, listen to this. 372, 42 homers, 147 RBIs. And he was fifth in the AL MVP voting that year. Just stacked year, 2000. I mean, playing in the thick of the steroid era, but I mean... The winner was Jeff Kent that year. We had stiff competition with Jeff Kent, Barry Bonds, Mike Piazza, Jim Edmonds, and Todd Helton. Very stacked field, even though looking at it now, you know, across the board, Helton was probably snubbed. I mean, he had the highest, he had the highest offensive numbers. I mean, just rate stats wise, you know, OPS, you know, average. He had the most RBI, had the most hits, had the most wins above replacement. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is, right? And there are players who get snubbed. I think Todd Hilton was snubbed in the year 2000. And he gets his he gets his day, right? He's going to be inducted in Cooperstown this summer, and we'll get to watch that. So great stuff from the Hall of Fame voting. Let's move on to some free agent news. A lot has gone down in the free agent sphere. Latest coming out of that market is that the Brewers and Reese Hoskins are finalizing a two-year deal. Two-year, $34 million guarantee that will allow an opt-out after the first year. But it's a good deal for Reese Hoskins. You know, he's, he's taking a modified pillow contract after missing the entire 2023 20, season. Because at the very tail end of spring training, he tore his ACL. And yes, he was able to take batting practice by the end of the season. But he never quite made it back to the roster. And the Phillies suggested they may have activated him from the IL if they advanced to the World Series. But who really knows? If you, this guy hasn't played since spring training. Are you really going to? activate him in the world series and throw him in there I, I i don't know i mean yes we saw it with kyle schwarber in 2016 so anything's possible it's definitely possible but yeah i mean bryce harper ended up becoming their first baseman bryce harper has now become the phillies permanent first baseman. they've announced that which means that reese hoskins was forced out i mean there's no need for him to come back because they found a guy so he's gonna go to the brewers and with with hoskins you know you know what you're getting right you know what you're getting i mean you're getting a decent power bat. You're getting a decent power bat. You know, someone who will, I mean, he'll play, he'll play every day. 
I play pretty much every day and you're going to get between 25, 30, like, yeah, between anywhere from 25 to 35 homers. His career high is 34, but he's not out of his prime. There's no, there's no telling, there's no reason why he can't get back up to, you know, 34 homers he hit as a 25 year old in 2018. He definitely can. I mean, he's not old. So, I mean, Reese Hoskins 30, he's going to be 31 on opening day. So, yeah, I mean, he could definitely give you around 30 homers. Let's say it. Let's, let's put the difference, right? Say he's a 30 home run guy. It's very possible. So a two year, $34 million guarantee. That's pretty solid for Reese Hoskins. In other news, the Nationals and Joey Gallo have agreed to a one year deal, one year, $5 million guaranteed. Nothing crazy, but you're getting a first baseman outfielder for, you know, pretty cheap. I mean, Gallo has been, he's 30 now, you know. He's been the poster boy for the whole three true outcomes in baseball, you know, home run, walk, strikeout. He's had some really, really good years. He's had some really, really bad years. But overall, when you look at his career numbers, they, they do tell a story. 197 average with 198 career homers and a 109 OPS. On base percentage is 323. Not great on base percentage, but I do remember there have been years where he has been really, really good. 2019 was one of those years, although he only played 70 games. That dude was an, on an MVP pace for the first half of the season, roughly. 2021 comes back, plays a full season there, splits between Texas and New York, but ends up getting a lot of walks. He leads the league in walks that year. It was an all-star and a gold glove, and a gold glover that year. But subsequent, subsequent appearances with the Yankees did not go well at all. 2022 with the New York Yankees was abysmal. They ship him off to the Dodgers. Slightly better. 2023 with Minnesota. Now he's back to league average. So a little bit of a volatile bat with Joey Gallo, but definitely still a major league caliber player. And because that power is legit, just can he get to that power frequently enough? We'll find out in DC this year. The Dodgers agreed to a deal with James Paxton. It's a one year, $11 million guarantee. You see, this is interesting, right? So James Paxton is a starting pitcher, but he's hardly on the field. And his, his ceiling is high. When he's on the field, he's, he's really good, but he's just been hurt so much. There's a lot of upside with him, but it's just a nice, it's just a nice piece to add to that Dodgers rotation that they've built here at this offseason. Cause we you know going to the offseason, they had no one. So Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now, these guys are new this offseason. Those, they're going to join Walker Bueller and Bobby Miller atop the st- starting pitching staff. Now you add, James Paxson as a, as a back end guy. Clayton Kershaw still unsigned, but you know, it's, it's not clear if he's even be an option early in the season because he's rehabbing from shoulder surgery. He's probably going to sign back, but he's going to be a mid season return. So early on in the year, they're going to need to rely on these, these pieces they just got. Dustin May, he got flexor tendon surgery in early July. So he's going to be sidelined into the season. So you have a lot of good pitchers that are on the shelf. I think that the Dodgers just need to make it through the first half so that they can welcome back some of those proven guys and then you're, you're gonna have a glut of stars in rotation but let's be honest paxton most likely isn't gonna bl- play the whole year so you're really only signing him for about half the year as awful as that sounds if he does get hurt you have other guys who are coming back anyway i'm just keeping it real guys i'm just keeping it real let's let's be honest i mean when you, you tell me what was the last time this guy pitched any meaningful amount the last time he threw more than 100 innings was 2019 Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2024. So is now the time he's going to turn around? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's unlikely. 
Speaking of left-handed pitchers, Aroldis Chapman, the fireballer, it's a one-year deal with the Pirates worth $10.5 million. And Chapman, turns, he turns 36 next month, but he lands a pretty nice deal. Second straight offseason, he sells for a one-year deal. Last year, only $3.75 million. And end up turning in an impressive season. End up winning World Series with the Texas Rangers. So gets a nice, hefty salary bump here. And he's going to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, yes, you know, Chapman's going to walk a lot of base, walk a lot of batters, turn into free base runners, but he's still one of the toughest pitchers to hit when he's around the strike zone. I mean, his four seam fastball average 99 miles an hour last year, his sinker is actually faster, which was just a tick above 101. So plenty of velo, plenty of velo. The thing about, and I've heard this before, the thing about Chapman is that when he first came up in 2010, Cuban Missile, Cincinnati Reds. He was the only guy who was throwing triple digits regularly. It was un- unreal. Now that so many pitchers throw triple digits, he's nothing special with regards to velocity, but the numbers still show he's still, he's still effective. He's still effective right now. I mean, yes, could blow up at any moment because we, we have seen some, you know, some, some leakage, especially with the, the command issues. But overall in 2023, a 3.09 ERA, one and a half wins above replacement. That's, that's, Outstanding. That's outstanding for a back end the bullpen guy who can definitely still save games. And another signing to announce is that the Astros a few days ago signed Josh Hader to a five-year deal. This is big. Five-year, $95 million contract. So it's the largest contract ever given to a relief pitcher in terms of present day value. So Edwin Diaz signed a $102 million deal with the Mets prior to last season. But there was some deferred money, which dropped the present day value to around $93 million. So because the hater deal has no referrals, it's straight five years, $95 million in today's dollars. So $19 million a year for a big name reliever. Hater finally gets his, his bat. I mean, this dude has been, has been looking to get paid for a while now. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but I will say that I'm pretty sure that Josh Hader's best days are behind him. The Astros are paying a bit here for past performance. Five years for an all-star lefty, yes, but he does have a lot of tread on the tires. This does kind of concern me. It does seem like a bit of a surprise. The Astros are paying up here, but you know, you pay what, what the market will bear. He probably, you know, Hader probably had other offers he was considering, which drove the price up. So Hader does well in free agency. He, he, he's only 29 right now. He turns 30 this April. He did look dominant as ever in 2023, but we, like I have, I've said, we've seen some signs of, of cracking down a little bit in past years, but it's, it's a heavy deal. It's a heavy deal. And what do the Astros really have to lose? The worst case scenario is that you know, he's a bust, but it, it's just money. At the end of the day, these teams, you know, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, right? They realize that you have to spend money to get the good players. And if they turn out to be a bust, you wash your hands of it and you move on. Good example of this. You know, Red Sox, this is a team that's not really spending so much these days, but they won the World Series in 2018. This is not long after they, they had, you know, a few years ago, they, they had signed Hanley Ramirez, they signed Pablo Sandoval to these massive deals. Both of them were bust, but did it really matter? No, it didn't really matter because yes, they had to eat those contracts and pay those players, but they were able to move on and get themselves a World Series. That's exactly what can happen if, if you have an owner that's willing to spend because you, you really have to, it, it's an arms race. It's an arms race at the end of the day. So, yeah, Josh Hader, that's a big deal. Big deal. He, he joins the Astros bullpen with Ryan Presley and Brian Abreu. That's 
one of the scariest bullpens in the American League. Hayter just needs to hold up because, like I said, he does have a lot of tread on the tires and, you know, re- relievers entering their 30s with, with that kind of profile. We'll see. I could be completely wrong, guys. I could be completely wrong. It's just a gut feeling based on what I've seen, but still an all-star caliber player and def- definitely going to pay huge dividends in the short term for the Houston Astros. So those are the, those are the updates we have for today, folks. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.